Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm Stephanie, and this is 500 Seconds to Joy. It's a quick intro because this conversation, I want to keep this whole episode 20 minutes or less. This conversation was so good. We couldn't stop talking because God's beauty is something to talk about and marvel at. And my guest today is Sarah Clarkson. She wrote the book, This Beautiful Truth, How God's Goodness Breaks Into Our Darkness. And boy, does it. It truly does. You can find Sarah Clarkson on Instagram at Sarah Wanders, and you can find her book, This Beautiful Truth, wherever books are sold. I cannot wait for you to hear from Sarah. Really quickly, let me read a quote, and then let's get into the episode. How can we believe what beauty speaks to us in the darkness of mental illness and cancer and abuse and death because beauty speaks to us with the voice of God. Now let's dive into this beautiful conversation, friends. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here with us. Oh, thank you. It's a delight to be here. Yes, I love talking with authors. And just before we recorded, I just told you how much I love your book, which I really, really do. And just the way you write is so beautiful. So everybody, Sarah Clarkson wrote This Beautiful Truth, How God's Goodness Breaks Into Our Darkness. And it's just, it really is a beautiful story and just such a testament to God's goodness. Um, So I'm really excited to talk with you about finding beauty in the brokenness of life because we all have brokenness in our life. It's the world. It's not heaven. We're not there yet. So I just really like the perspective you have in your book. I really think moms are going to love this book. So I'm excited for them to hear from you. Can you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and then why you decided to write a book about beauty? Sure. So I'm um, Sarah and I I'm speaking to you from a little town on the south coast of England where my husband works in a church. <laughs> we have um, two children, Lillian and Samuel, three and one, and then Lucy um, is due any day. So we, we'd hoped that the, the the book would come out before the baby, and so far it's it's worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Uh, I've been a writer um, most of my adult life. I um, grew up in a home full of books. Um, with parents who really gave me lots of literature, loved writing, um, have done a lot on reading before now. But uh, I think what drew me to writing this book and what kind of brought me to this particular subject, which is something I'm just deeply, deeply driven by and passionate about, is when I was um, 17, I was diagnosed with um, obsessive compulsive disorder. So it's a long story, and there's more of it in the book, but basically it's the kind is really marked by intrusive thoughts. And it was a that were just deeply disturbing and just kind of wrecked my world in a way and really challenged my faith. And what happened amidst that was this sense of the whole, this kind of shattering and loss of my understanding of who God was. So, you know, I I had this very simple childhood faith in him as my savior, as someone who was lovely and good. And then this, this evil thing, I would call it, happened within my mind, within my very self. And it was something that prayer didn't stop and nothing changed. And I had to grapple with this, this illness and this darkness that led to depression and fear and all these other things. And so in the midst of that, I think I began this great journey to trying to recapture my understanding, not just of who God is or his existence, but of his goodness. And, you know, many, many years on, I, you know, looking back over my life, what I began to realize was that the places that I have come back to understand and encounter the goodness of God were these experiences and encounters of his beauty. And um, I had the chance to study 
um, suffering and evil and goodness and love and what's called theodicy, which is kind of the defense of God's goodness, even amidst the reality of an evil world. Um, I got to study that for several years as part of a, um, a theology course. And the more I grappled with it, the more I realized I really believe that God's response to suffering in our world is to come into the midst of it, to bring his own beautiful self in the incarnation, but also that he reaches out to us in these experiences of beauty and goodness, of laughter, of love, of music, of a great story read, of a person sharing their life, showing compassion. And it was in those moments of encountering this taste and see goodness that I really felt like I came back to a place where I could believe in the goodness of God. And the more I studied that in scripture and studied how God shows him to us, uh, shows him to us, to, uh, comes into our world where he breaks into our darkness, the more I felt like I want to write the story of how I have seen God's beauty just invade and transform the most dark moments of my life. So that's kind of how it started and came to being. An amazing testimony. And, and your book is filled with stories of things that just so touched me. And, and it just really, I think we're going to talk about this a little bit about wrestling. You know, I think I have definitely wrestled more than I ever have in the last two and a half years when my mom was mm. diagnosed with cancer. And I felt like, wait, she's this really amazing woman and she's always been faithful to God. She never mm. had that story of like veering off ever. Mm. She was always, you know, faithful. Right. And so I thought that's not fair. You know, how could a good God do that? And I think in everybody's faith journey, we get to this place where well, we hope we can get to this place where we say, okay, there's this suffering, there's this pain, illness, things that I don't like, but you are still good. Mm. And I think your book really speaks to that a lot. It tells us about, you know, the beauty and brokenness. Like you said, he enters in and we have both suffering and redemption. You know, you look at Jesus's life, he dies on the cross there's an extreme suffering and pain and loneliness and abandonment from all his closest friends. And then three days later, there's redemption, you know, there's the resurrection. So it's both, it's both things in life. And of course, right. There, look at Jesus' life. He experienced yeah. both. So of course we do too. And so I'm wondering how have you, I mean, your book talks about it a lot, but for those of my listeners who haven't read it yet, how have you found beauty amidst that brokenness? Is it mostly, you know, the writing you do? Is it the sunset you see? Is it all of it? You know, how have you found that beauty, God as beauty amidst, you know, this very serious illness that you've battled, you know, mm -hmm. since you were young and, and it must've been hard and still hard some days, most days, I don't know. I mean, Tell us about that a little bit, because I feel like your story is so unique. And for you to find beauty amidst brokenness, I think you have just such a, you know, captivating, compelling story of how we can still choose goodness and still choose God amidst that brokenness. Mm. It is definitely ongoing for me. Um, you know, I think that when I was 17, it was kind of trial by fire in the sense of I had no idea what was happening to me. And so it knocked me mm. off my feet. And it took it took a good few years to figure it out, to diagnose it, to begin to recognize it. But I think one of the things that I, I recognized about OCD, and I, I wonder if this is true of many forms of mental illness, is that 
it continues and it adapts <laughs> throughout your life mm. to to especially I think attack the things you love and treasure. And so for me, you know, there's just still my OCD takes the form of just dreadful images of the people I love being hurt. And so on a daily basis, I just, you know, having children, both because hormones really up uh, mental illness episodes often. So for me, you know, time around pregnancy and birth, I just, I really have to fight a daily panic of letting my children out of my sight of, you know, saying, okay, if my husband goes to the grocery store, they're not all going to die. It's, <laughs> it's these yeah. extreme moments. And yet it's this fear that could absolutely paralyze me and this suspicion that, you know, that the world is so dangerous. I just need to, you know, buckle down and, and be afraid. And so I think fear is one of the major things that I fight on a daily basis. But the way, I think that one of the things I realized very early on in, as I grappled with OCD, and there was a huge wrestling process um, as part of it, was that I was kind of being presented with two views of the world. And one was the view given to me by my mental illness, which I actually think is in many ways just an extension of what suffering teaches all of us to see. It's a, it's a world marked and pocked by disaster. It's a world in which we can never be safe and we can't trust in the, in the forces mm -hmm. of redemption. Um, mm -hmm. And that if I lived by the narrative of that world, um, and if I believed the story it told me and told me about my life and the people I loved and, and my future, that I would be shaped towards, towards basically despair. Um, but that what God was offering me, I think through scripture, um, and then and I, I, it's interesting, I feel like scripture and my encounters with beauty have always been in conversation with each other. And in that sense, I think scripture is this living word of beauty um, that is a love mm -hmm. story written to us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it is our epic story. You know, I am a great lover of the Lord of the Rings and it really entered my world at a time when I needed something very potent imaginatively to capture my imagination and help me have new images um, when, when OCD had so decimated my inner world. But um, I think one of the things that reading kind of an epic like Lord of the Rings helped me to see is that scriptures are epic. It is the great true story of the world. And I think as I engaged again, which was a huge journey, with scripture and then began to have these moments of encountering or really could look back and see throughout my life these moments of encountering starlight standing on the deck when I was you know a teenager doubting God and this star shone out in the, in the in the blackness you could see the mountains and the wind and there was this moment of such overwhelming beauty I just felt like I knew something true about the world and I knew God's goodness in that moment um, for me it's often through music it's often through stories I think that stories often allow us they open the closed horizons of our heart. They, they help us to glimpse the possibility of a reality larger than the one that we're standing in, especially if it's one where we're very enclosed by pain. Um, it's in the affection of people, the, the faithfulness of my mom through my illness, um, her fierce love of me, uh, the companionship of my husband amidst it. I think that in these very tangible ways, um, in the beauty of creation, I think that sometimes we dismiss creation as just being there and around and, oh yeah, God made it. But actually, this is the witness to his his beauty and his presence and his tenderness and his creativity on a daily basis. And I realized I either was going to take those things as the signs and evidence of a great God at work in my life, whose will for me was not, not to leave me in despair or to destroy me, but to draw me onwards towards hope and healing. Like that was the narrative that was set against the narrative of destruction that I saw told in my suffering. And so I think the more I have learned to kind of engage with the beauty around me 
framed by the narrative of scripture, the more I come to see it as intimate and tender, these gifts where God himself is present in my life, um, speaking to me, drawing me towards hope. So I don't know if that answers the question exactly, but that's, oh, that's beautiful. That's where I begin. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. That I think that also shows the creativity of how you went on this journey and realized that something like the Lord of the Rings, mm. that story could help you combat your intrusive thoughts. I mean, that's, that's a creative way. I mean, I think looking at, you know, a beautiful sunset or the beach, that's like obvious physical beauty, but there is beauty to stories. I like that you brought that up because I think someone listening could think that, you know, maybe the best way to encounter God, you know, in our world is, is through nature, but what if they can't get out in nature that day? You know, maybe you can look out your window, but what if, what if you can't get out? You can read a beautiful story because, you know, and, and hopefully the Bible is the most beautiful story that anybody's reading because it really is. But other stories like Lord of the Rings, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, things like that, that, that are really captivating stories that draw us closer to God's goodness and beauty. I like that you brought that up because I think it's a different way to, to look at beauty you know, it's everyone talks about the beautiful sunset, but not everybody talks about the beautiful stories you can read and, you know, how beautiful literature can change things for you. And I'm curious, you know, you talk about in your book about wrestling and how to wrestle is righteous. That was my favorite chapter, actually, because I feel like I've done a lot of wrestling over my life. And I think most people do. Um, why do you think that it is righteous to wrestle. Why do you think it's actually good to sort of question God's goodness and wonder, you know, is he still good in the midst of my suffering? Why do you think that's actually a good thing? I think to wrestle with God is in many ways to engage with him because the, mm. the reality of this world, this is the broken place, but it, we weren't meant for a broken world. This is the result of the sin of sin and the fall. And, you know, we have this beautiful God who created the cosmos out of his love, out of the overabundance of his loveliness and his fellowship um, and the Trinity. And, you know, we still live in a world that echoes with that, that splendor. Um, so when we, and, and I think we have our, because we're made in his image and made for that world deep in our hearts, we know I wasn't made for destruction. I wasn't meant for disaster and loss. And so in a sense to protest the ugliness and, um, loss and grief and abuse of the world is a faithfulness because it says this is not how it ought to be. But I think that part of what where wrestling comes in with our faith is as we say, God, I don't understand why this is. You know, I, th I think that there can sometimes mm. be, you know, a this feeling like the only way to be faithful is just to accept everything and not ask any questions. And I actually think that if you look at scripture, throughout scripture, God is honors and loves the people who take him by the hands and ask him the questions. He loves, you know, the Psalms, I think are so much the history of the cry of the human heart of yes. David saying the, the harshest and the rawest things that we all feel. I mean, they can express, you know, the heights of sorrow and anguish and anger and vengeance. And, and yet they are directed to God. And I think that that is the essence of righteous wrestling is that our wrestling and our questioning becomes our engagement with him, our determination to get our hands back on his goodness. And I think that 
in a broken world, there is no faith without wrestling. I, I love what you say about literature being a form of beauty because I, I so strongly believe in that. And that's been a lot of what I've written about before. But mm-hmm. one of the authors I read early on was, was Tolkien and then also um, Madeline L'Engle, who writes a lot. Um, her stories and her, um, her memoirs are very filled with, um, with stories of struggle, of struggling with God's goodness and his suffering. And she, she quoted... Um, I'm sorry, a theologian or philosopher, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't give attribution, but basically I'm paraphrasing, saying, you know, any faith where you do not doubt and wrestle and question and ask and hope and kind of yearn isn't a real faith. And I and that gave me such hope um, when I was, you know, 17 and the world was falling apart because there was no option for me of having faith without anguish or having faith without wrestling any faith i was going to have was going to be a grapple and a climb but i think that's the way for all of us in this world because not one of us will have a story exempt from suffering or loss or doubt and i think that to get our hands on god to say lord i will i will hold on to you until you bless me the jacob you know proclamation i think that is a profound faithfulness that god blesses and blesses by offering himself into our hands to be taken hold of i mean that's the essence of the incarnation is God's saying, I will meet the brokenness of the world by coming into it where you can grip me and touch me and know my goodness. And then I will even die for you. So I think that's yes. the essence wow. of righteous wrestling. That was so well said, Sarah. I love I love everything you've said. It's so profound. And so it is beautiful. I just keep using that word. Everything you, you speak is just pure beauty. So thank you. I've loved having you here to talk with us. And can you end with why do you think God's goodness can change everything? I know that's a huge question, but just in a minute or two, leave us with that because I think we all need more hope right now. We all need it so desperately. So how can believing in God's goodness change everything for for us, for the listeners, for everyone in this world? It is on the goodness of God, uh, based on our belief in his goodness, that we have the capacity to hope for healing and for, I think, the redemption of the whole world. And I think that one of the things that I've learned about beauty, both in studying and just in my personal journey with it, is beauty teaches us not just that God is existent, but it teaches us what kind of a God we worship and what kind of a God has come to save us. And it teaches us that he is lovely and that he is kind and that he is tender and that he is intimate to each of us. And I think that one of the things I have hoped in writing the book was that a takeaway I would really hope a reader would have is the sense of God's intimate presence in their pain, that there is no suffering we suffer apart from his compassion and his presence. And I think what beauty does is it communicates to us when we encounter God's goodness and beauty, we understand that we are being encountered by this lovely presence that is asking to heal us, that is drawing us towards the happy ending of the world, that is assuring us that there is a goodness ahead and opens the horizons and shows us the way and walks the pilgrimage with us. We are never alone. We are always accompanied by this tender and present God. And I think in that sense, you know, the core idea of beauty for me is that God is intimate and kind and healing in the midst of our deepest sorrows. I think I didn't. Yes. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. This was so incredible. I want to have you back on the podcast in a few months after you had your baby and everything, because this was just so profound and and beautiful. I can't stop using that word. So thank you for being here. It really was an honor having you. 
Oh, it's such an honor to be here. And thank you. And I'd love that. And I was just delighted to take part. Thank you, Sarah.